It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio is the site. I'm Jeff Parles. It is a free throw Friday. Yes. Vinny Maliulo's here. Bend your knees. Honestly, it... Uh, Follow through. I- I'm going to be outnumbered in about 15 minutes because Lou Finicaro is going to be here. Yeah. A gamble, as we know. Uh, mm-hmm. what, we're going to talk... Uh, we not talked a lot. It's a uh, free throw and a fight night Friday, actually. That's good. Because we'll be talking uh, tomorrow's UFC card. Lou, one of the better UFC handicappers out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some macro thoughts on hockey. And we'll also be appearing this weekend as well with Alex White and Matt Neverett. On Sunday. On Sunday, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's in town for a weekend. That's good. Yeah, so it'll be uh, be good there. We'll see Lou in about 15 minutes. All right, Vinny, before we get into tonight's college basketball card, which is significantly better than usual for a Friday, mm-hmm. I just want to start off with this is one of two race day weekends here in Las Vegas for the NASCAR 2024 season. Of course, the race that uh, is – the South Point race comes in the playoffs in the fall. In October, yes. In October. Mm-hmm. But here, uh, the first Sunday of March, the Pennzoil 400 mm-hmm. taking place up at the Speedway uh, due north of town here. And Vinny, uh, got some fun stuff going on. We got some good things. Right, so, so, today, but, so it's a, a three-event weekend for the, uh, for the Speedway. So uh, the Truck Series is tonight. Tomorrow's the Xfinity race. And then, of course, uh, Sunday will be the uh, Pennzoil 400. I mention that because uh, whenever, just like everything else, Jeff, whenever we have events here in town, always uh, an a uptick in handle, right? Because, you know, it's live here and uh, folks love to uh, participate and they like to make their plays. Uh, I will be out there tomorrow uh, with Brendan gone. And you've uh, heard of him. Oh, yes. Brendan and I will be, uh, we'll be. With our with a, a South Point contingent presenting betting tickets, not tickets to a, 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 for admission, uh, but betting tickets. So we've got props up, particularly the the group props. You know, so we'll take four drivers and put them together, regardless of where they finish, whether or regardless of whether they win the race or not, as long as they finish ahead of the other uh, drivers. Uh, so everybody will get one from each group. Uh, we'll also hand out tickets on the manufacturers, uh, you know, uh, out there as well. So uh, you'll, somebody will get a Ford ticket, somebody will get a Chevy ticket, and somebody will get a Toyota ticket. Um, the South Point booth out there is uh, on the Midway is the biggest. It's huge. It's it's a lot of fun, a lot of giveaways, a lot of prizes uh, for folks and uh, entertainment as well. I have a DJ. Uh, out Are there as well. I am not DJing, nor am I dancing. I am, uh, oh, and God. I'm not driving. So what am I doing? I'm giving away tickets. I'm giving away uh, well, free driving, bets. Hold on a second. You're driving the action. I'm driving the action. Very good. I like that, action, Jeffrey. Man. I like that, buddy. Yeah, Very good. 100%. You know, so way, uh, is a, a lot of fun out there a, at the a, Speedway. A huge weekend, honestly, in town. Uh, yeah. Uh, our, of course, our uh, a lot of our crew works up at the ballpark. Frank's going to be allowed to say Pittsburgh tomorrow. Uh, with that, uh, I, I got to tell you, these stipulations classic. and these bets. Oh, I know. We're all taking a page right out of uh, uh, Super Bowl prop betting. Yeah, it, which is good. Very much randomized everything. So, so does that mean tomorrow, like, if you wanted to bet the over on how many times over. he says it? Over. Well, right. The Pitt what, Panthers what, are playing. So, so, so what? What is uh, what is the over and uh, un, you know, and under for uh, for Frank? Give me a number. Nine inning baseball game doesn't have to be three times an inning. Well, See him every, uh, every other I was, half I was going to say, you know, 31 and a half. Yeah, but, I, was, uh, I was thinking 27 and a half. Okay, well, all right. I yeah. mean, we're, we're, yeah, not you're right there with three times. Not, I mean, he's. I'm, I'm just anticipating him making up for it, uh, for what his. Oh, I know. He's not allowed to do in the studio. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, the, uh, of course, tomorrow, Barry Odom rides a bull here on property. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's tomorrow night. Football coach. You want to be football coach. Yeah, so that will be. Uh, Taking his life and, his, and, and other body well, parts. T- well, tough, is, t- t- tough is, uh, is, is coaching him up, apparently. Look, who's insuring him? <laughs> God bless him. My uh, goodness. Well, that'll, be, uh, that'll be a fun one. That'll be uh, fun. As well. Um, and, then, and then we've got the. Uh, a UFC card that we're going to talk yeah, the, about. Yeah, at the Apex, right? usual Saturday afternoon, uh, smaller card. Of course, UFC 300 yeah. coming up, UFC 299. It's a pretty gigantic card next week. Uh, but we'll talk with Lou on that in about 
10 minutes time from now. Uh, and also you mentioned it with, with the NASCAR race, Vinny, just so many offerings with the race being in town this week for yeah. especially that Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you see, by the way, the, uh, the trailers coming through the cars were here last night. I don't know what time you were trying to get out of here last night. I did not see it. No, but you missed it because, uh, all of the, uh, uh, the driver's are cars they all, came are they through. All in the parking they, lot over well, there? they came out. They were parading around the, okay. uh, the and property then they go back last to the parking lot And over then there? they, yeah, but no, they head out. They too. head back north. They're heading, <laughs> they're heading north on 15. Yeah, so it's good. It's a lot of fun here at uh, here at South Point. So lots going on. Uh, anybody, by the way, we are giving tickets away uh, uh, for tonight's uh, tonight's race, which is at six o'clock. We have them at the counter. Jimmy Vaccaro is manning the uh, the uh, the the free ticket, the complimentary ticket window. And then he's also got tickets for the Xfinity race tomorrow, which is at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. So Jimmy's got something for tonight's tonight's, ra tonight's race, which is at 6 o'clock, and uh, tomorrow's race, which is at 2 o'clock. Let's go to some college hoops here real quick, Vinny. Yeah. So we actually we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the show. The, the, Sun, Belt, the Sun Belt has two really high-end teams this year. James Madison mm -hmm. and the Mountaineers of Appalachian State. State, who mm -hmm. are in action tonight. What I mean, that's probably going to be a one-bid league, and both of those teams, I think, are of quality to be in the big dance. Appalachian State, of course, beat Auburn earlier in the year Yes, in what was, honestly, scheduling malpractice by Auburn, <laughs> going to Boone and losing that game outright. Well, I don't know about the scheduling part of it, but uh, you talk about uh, I don't know is that a look ahead? Well, you call it what you want. I don't. I don't think I they mean, expected. Auburn, Auburn, I don't think they expected what they got. That's I, for sure. I think that was a uh, hey, this team's a lot better than we realized. Absolutely. Game. Uh, they did have Indiana in the next game. They only beat Indiana by twenty eight. Auburn did yeah. the following game. Uh, and then uh, James Madison, of course, started the college basketball season with a bang, winning in East Lansing, yep. flipping around, winning that wackadoo game against Kent State. Uh, both of these teams, again, James Madison went 12-0 through non-con. They're 27-3. They're not in action, but App State is. Mm -hmm. The uh, App, App State, actually, James Madison is in action. We'll get to them a little later, but as you can see on your yeah. screen in a second ago, it was 15, 14 and a half on that. Mm -hmm. App State, 7.5. There's some 7 out there as well against Arkansas State, who is not a pushover. Uh, really, actually, playing some pretty good ball Tough right game, now. Six, yeah. six straight Current form wins, is pretty good. Uh, after really bad form earlier in the year, uh, App State with a win tonight will clinch the number one seed and win the regular season Sun Belt Championship outright if they hold tonight against so the Red Wolves. Seeding is important, right? We talked about it. Current form is important. By the way, App State. Uh, uh, is up a full point here at South Point. We did open at six and a half. They laid uh, six and a half and seven. So um, that's where that's where we're at right now. Also betting the game over. I don't really think that's a surprise here, Jeff. Uh, almost two points from the one forty eight opener. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, this is. Uh, this is about seeding for the tournament and then winning the conference tournament to get in. Um, it is, I believe, a one uh, a one bid league. It's gonna have to be with uh, you know considering what uh, is going to happen, like with the Mountain West, right? I think the Mountain West is going to be the uh, uh, is going to be the talk of the uh, of, of Selection Sunday uh, compared to the Pac-12, especially uh, and probably the Big East and maybe even and even the ACC. I've been saying that for uh, for a month now. So, but uh, yeah, this is uh, this is an important game. Uh, for both of these teams, and uh, they're all important games, though, right now, right? Usually, a lot, most of them are now uh, second time around for these teams, right? The second meeting and conference play. We're going to see we're going to see conference uh, play the smaller conferences. Some of them are going to start next week uh, with uh, with conference uh, tournaments, and that's why for us March Madness really starts next week. Uh, it, we don't we're not. You know uh, the big dance is obviously in the middle of the month, um, but start paying attention to this closing uh, weekend or these closing games coming up for conference play, as well as these smaller conference tournaments, and get an idea of how you're going to handicap some of these teams once uh, once we get into uh, the big dance. Well, James Madison, we mentioned 14 and a half tonight against Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Chanticleer's rough year, uh, to say the very least. It's one of those. Just handle your business if you're JMU. I, I'm not betting 
either of these games at the numbers that are currently out there. They did take the points in this one. Yeah, though, I'm not yeah, overly. So. That's a lot of points. It is. Get, getting on the road. On the road. Against uh, a desperate team, right? Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Uh, you know, what, what Coastal's hearing from their coach is, listen, uh, you know, the second season, if you will, is, is about to begin. Let's make sure we go into the postseason tournament uh, in uh, as, as good a form as possible. And uh, you know, let's see what let's see what happens. So uh, that, but so, listen. You think about that. That is that is a big number. Can they cover it? Absolutely. But uh, also, uh, tread uh, tread lightly if you're uh, if you're big favorites this time of year. Just remember, conference conference tournaments in some of these leagues start next week. Yeah. Sun Belt gets going on Tuesday. Uh, Coastal Carolina will be playing in one of those games on Tuesday. There. The 13th out of 14th teams in that conference. Only, how about Old Dominion, who not too long ago was pretty darn good at basketball. Not good this year, uh, here in 2023-2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to the Ivy here. Now, we've talked about Princeton. We've talked about Yale. we talked about Cornell. We'll get to those teams in a little bit. But the biggest game in the Ivy tonight, by a significant margin, is the game between Brown and Harvard. <laughs> in Providence, the winner of this game will be in fourth place by themselves. Now, why is that important? Only the top four make it to that, Columbia University's <laughs> campus next, uh, uh, two weeks from now, in the Ivy League Championship. There are still three games left for these teams after yeah. tonight. But for Brown and Harvard, where the first meeting, Brown went to Cambridge and won mm-hmm. back on January the 15th. If Brown completes the season sweep, by the way, Brown has won three straight games, including a stunner last Saturday night against Cornell, where they went to Ithaca and beat the Big Red by four in a game they really controlled for the majority of it. Uh, this is a big-time game in the Ivy. Uh, Brown's two and a half. I actually would look the way at a home team. There are some twos out there. You're actually market high on this game. Well, they, they laid the two. Yeah. They laid one and a half. They laid two. So they're yeah. they're betting the home home team here, and I can see it. I know. I know it's a a bit of a payback, but some you know what some you know that's a mindset too. You have to fulfill it. But again, current form and uh, uh, Brown deserved favorite here, and I, I would not be shocked if it does go up uh, even more. To be honest with you, not by a, a long a long uh, stretch, but uh, I think we'll still see uh, Brown money. We're going to need Harvard in this game tonight. Well, I just uh, took the last of the twos that are out there. There you go. No, there we go. I'll that's be- right. <laughs> You gotta love, don't you love the mobile apps? No, I mean it's uh, it's just one of those. Where, again, <laughs> Brown is playing some. The weird thing about this Brown win streak, all these games are coming on the road. Mm-hmm. They won at Colum- they won at Penn, they won at Columbia, and then of course, like we said, the Stone Cold Shocker in Ithaca last Saturday. Uh, by the way, uh, total just came down from uh, forty-one to forty. I don't know if you're interested. Ah, uh, that the total. I am not. I thought so, I thought that total was fine. Yeah. So just before we yeah. give you the uh, uh, that, and when I give you the update that's shot point numbers right yeah, I would, here, right I would, here I, I would as we speak this game to be played either in the high 60s or the low yeah. 70s which dictates that one pretty physical grind out type of game yeah. jeff yeah yeah that would, that would mm-hmm. be where i expected going oh we have not talked much this year Vinny, about the mac with two a's we've not talked much about them this the, <laughs> the metro atlantic athletic conference which is having a down year another one bid uh well clearly a one bid of course but uh, an interesting one in Poughkeepsie tonight. I'd be the first time I've mentioned Poughkeepsie on on the show. Marist welcomes Fairfield. Fairfield's tops in the league right now. Uh, a half game ahead of Quinnipiac, and a game and a half ahead. They actually played an extra game. This is Fairfield's uh, for the conference slate. This is Fairfield has two games left after this. Marist has three games left. They played twenty in that league. So a game in hand. A game in hand. Correct. Uh, here for Marist, a game and a half behind, and the Red Foxes have actually been bet a little bit here. Yeah, they are. Uh, we opened this game. Pick. We opened a pick. It's now yeah. one and one uh, and with the Red Foxes at home. And I, I suspect with some of these shorter favorites, we're going to continue to see favorite money. So I like just like we talked we talked about with Brown uh, from two to two and a half. I think it'll be a similar situation with uh, with Marist here, Jeff. And again, going up and. Look, the fact that it went from pick to one, what's the next move? Well, depending on who it is and and how much. You know, obviously you get you gotta let's say you're taking a couple of dimes as the limit. Do you go right to two? Probably if you're already, you know, from pick 
uh, and then you just wait and try to get uh, get find out what the threshold is going to be for that uh, for that buyback. So, uh, but I think we'll continue to see uh, Marist money here. Uh, Four o'clock Pacific tip off. Well, you know this league actually has been bet a bunch here today because Iona, previous power in this in this league, when course, they had a, a different coach. Oh, I look not to besmirch Tobin Anderson. No, course, I'm uh, just saying when they had a, look, look, I should say a, a more fiery coach. Yeah, when Patino was there again, most almost no one returned from a 13 seed a year ago with Iona. Uh, they've been bet tonight uh, from as the market was as low as two, back up to three and a half. It's actually one of your more bet games here tonight. Uh, this Quinnipiac Iona game, especially on the total as well, from 150 mm -hmm. to 154 and a half. People, more folks getting involved. This is still more of a professional betters day, Jeff, uh, because of name brand recognition on the part of the public. So they'll be. Uh, more inclined uh, to, to go tomorrow, although the public will be. We'll get to the last two games uh, uh, on the on the board, which would be Mountain West games, so the local uh, the local conference, if you will. Um, but but while it's still more pro money, folks have been listening uh, to uh, to the, to the network too, and starting to pay attention to some of these smaller conferences uh, to get ready for uh, not only their respective conference tournaments next week the smaller conference tournaments next week but also uh getting ready for uh, for what they're what they're going to see uh in uh, in another uh, in another few weeks with the uh with the NCAA tournament and looking for that value right remember i mean we, we talked about it and we, as we get closer to it there was a time you know doesn't it may not seem so long ago to, to to those of us have been in it for a while but you know when they, we we would start some of these uh, number 1 and number 2 seeds We'd start at thirty and go north of there. Can't do that anymore. And that these these uh, uh, these smaller schools are a big uh, big part of that. Keeping it rolling here, uh, we'll have Lou in a few minutes from yeah. now, talking some UFC. Going back to the Ivy, Yale, <laughs> taking on the bottom feeder of the league, the Big Green, Dartmouth, Dartmouth, twenty. 20, Vinny, on this one. Yeah. Uh, with a 132. They and laid half. 18 and 19, Jeff. Yeah, not much of, not, not much of a surprise. <laughs> no hesitation. I, look, personally, I, to me, so, again, we've talked Ivy a lot more than I think a lot of people would have realized just because of the nature of Fridays. Yeah, we've and they play back-to-back. -back. Friday, Saturday yeah. in the Ivy League. I Dartmouth is bad, uh, they, and they are, they are really bad on offense. And we will see uh, we'll see that offense tonight go against a Yale defense that has been very good in conference play. They've also been the best offense in conference play. It's a bad mm -hmm. matchup all the way around. No, it's a big green. You know, do we, the question is uh, how high do we go? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> four thirty. It's pretty, it's pretty high uh, as it is. Game uh, will go four, at four. Four o'clock. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me if it goes even higher. I mean, it's going to be this is a pretty one-sided game. We know some some of these games we know we're going to be pretty one-sided on. We'll get the other I Ivy games and also a big one in the A10 with mm -hmm. a surging Ramblers squad taking on Dayton tonight in Chicago. We'll get those games and also uh, Air Force the random roulette number generator Air Force at this point uh, <laughs> as well uh, a big underdog yet again. But coming up next. Lou Finicaro will join us in studio when we get back. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. From the South Point Studio. <laughs> the perfect blend of sports. But I think the Niners are going to wear them down. Detroit Pistons lost their 36 games. Comedy. See over under on that relationship lasting. I'm going to put mayo in the coffee. Yes. I am beautiful. And a whole lot of Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Join Ryan McCormick. That's at least... Two picks outside of our own in the first round next year. Oreo. And host Frank Nicotero. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the clock, I go, ah! Ah! Oh! Watch Punchlines live at noon every weekday. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. 
If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book with over 400 seats puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio, where you find us. Again, if, you've, if you're watching us today and you haven't hit that subscribe button, just hit it. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. That's right. We like free things in this day and age, right, Vinny? Why not? I mean, yeah. it's, you, can't beat, you can't beat the price, right? 100%. Now joining us, Ufinicaro on the desk. First time uh, on this desk uh, with... In the South Point Studio branding, Lou, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's great to, to see you here. Thanks so much for making time for me. I'm up here uh, for the weekend and tickled to be able to share a few insights with you. You guys, by the way, are doing an excellent job. The authentic approach is appreciated by all the people that are tuning in. So keep up the good work. Well, Lou. thanks. So I appreciate it. I'm still trying to pass the audition. So oh, I appreciate it. Put, put, the, put the good word in for Understated me, as always. <laughs> My friend. So, so Lou, I... We, of course, hockey and UFC, two of your areas of expertise. Uh, and we'll start. We, we've talked very little UFC on this show, so it's a good place, good person to have for talking UFC. Yes. Fight night card here in Vegas, as always. Not the, not the sexiest of cards, of course. That would, one comes next week with UFC 299 and then, of course, the 300th uh, a few months from now. Uh, but let, let's, let's start right off. And... Uh, as you said, this is a lesson in linguistics today here, Lou. Uh, let's start off, uh, Sean, uh, with uh, 24841, uh, which is uh, Al Sawadi against uh, Rod Zahobov. Okay, I just give this. Very you're good, gonna, Jeff. Vinny, you're going you're gonna to have to help me on some of these. There's but, no uh, Mayulos on here. Yeah, I'm looking for no, no Finicaros. No. Wait, we got a Petrino. Wait a second. Yeah, there is. <laughs> He's a Brazilian, but we do say, like those yeah, vowels, don't right. we? <laughs> There's a Pedro, too. That's easy. Very good. <laughs> so in this first fight, guys, uh, and I'm going to refer uh, to the Tazikstani tank as Loik because okay. that's just easier for me to pronounce. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, this is a fight where uh, Loik has the UFC experience. This is his third fight. The last fight that he was in, he took on a guy named Rebecca, who's an absolute vice grip and killer. He, he got destroyed. But he's one and one in the UFC, and he holds experience as well as substantial size over his debuting uh, foe, who's Al Sawadi. Al Sawadi has got high activity. He's going to pressure Loik, and Loik's going to be up for it. If El Swati can see the third round, this will be a very competitive fight. But I look for Loic to be pretty live as an underdog. He opened a little bit less than uh, the 165 we can mm -hmm. catch right now. So I, I'm finding a little bit of opportunity in him. And two and a half on the rounds prop, Lou. So if you, you're, you like the uh, if he can get if he can get into that third round uh, or, or higher. I, I, if you're if you're Looking for Loic, mm -hmm. you probably don't want to see don't, that don't over two it. and a half. And if okay. you if you favor El Sawadi, you'd be uh, playing the over. I think there anyway. you go. Right now, dollar uh, fifty five on the total rounds to the over here. Kind of really correlated to what you're saying there, Lou. Where if the dog gets home, it's probably going under, and if the favorite gets there, it's probably going a distance. At this I rate. think so. Yes, exactly. You, and Lou, we've seen you and, and appreciate you coming here live today and. You've you, you've been on the network uh, via your home base uh, down in Arizona. Yes. Do you get uh, involved? Talk to the folks about uh, a little bit about your totals. Do you do you do as much with the totals as you do with sides? Uh, absolutely. You, okay. I like to work the totals and, and I'll work props as well. Uh, I think that as you look at the jigsaw puzzle that is a fight or a football game or mm -hmm. a baseball game, uh, to not take every bit of information in would be, I think, a mistake as well uh, as 
sports books try and offer more and more on their menu, mm -hmm. I think it's hard, especially in some of these boutique sports that I cover, College World Series, hockey playoffs, the UFC, it's harder and harder to be razor sharp like, like you guys are in football or these college basketball games. And so there are holes, and to not shop every angle, I yeah. think, would be a mistake on my part. Well, I think that's important. And full disclosure, again, because it's a boutique sport, this is this is good intel for uh, for us. You know, and in terms of you have Lou who zeroes in on this this sport, and from our side of the counter, what's important is to get these types of opinions, just so we know exactly a little bit more, and we get a little bit more insight, too, and it's, it's very helpful. You oftentimes hear myself and Chris Andrews and Jimmy talk about, hey, you know, somebody comes up and, you know, uh, is, is a professional in, in college football and college basketball. You have to apply the same mindset to, to the, in this case, the UFC, Lou. So it's uh, it's valuable uh, uh, intel for us, and it, it's very helpful. To so your move, your play is going to warrant uh, to simply not just because you're sitting here, but more of a move than you know a casual than a casual fan. And that breakdown is is, is helpful. Well, I, I like to think, but I, I will say, so far in the uh, 2024 campaign. Favorites in the UFC are running sixty-five yeah, percent. Pretty good, yeah. And in the last two weeks, they're twenty and four. On this card, there's eleven fights. Eight of the fights open minus two hundred or greater, mm -hmm. and they've almost all doubled. And so I, I see this, and while I'm pairing the amount of the bets back a little bit, I try not to be afraid, and so I am going to attack where I believe there's yeah. opportunity and value, and that's in some of these long bomb dogs. Good. Well, let's talk about another dog, Claudio Ribeiro, which is a more pronounceable name for me, uh, is a plus 270 dog right now <laughs> against Christian Leroy Dunkar. Uh, this is uh, scheduled right now for about 11.30 a.m. on this one. Yeah, the fights start at 10.30 mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow, so, uh, you know, bagels and beatdowns yeah. is going to be the theme. <laughs> Ribeiro is a Brazilian maniac. He's thick, he's huge for the weight class, carries tremendous power, and his leg kicks are bludgeoning. He's in against a an Australian who is dynamically athletic. Uh, Duncan is long and tall, actually an ex Australian league basketball player. So he can move. He's got some power. Uh, and this fight is going to be a great clash of styles. Ribeiro is going to have to attack those legs and slow down, take away some of that athleticism from Duncan. In this fight, Duncan opened, you know, just a minus 240. He's grown a little to the 265 or so that we're seeing right now. And, and actually, I'm looking at uh, Duncan on the South Point menu yeah. was minus three thirty. So, yeah, we went up. When so, we opened them high, and so it wasn't high enough. Yeah. He's getting some steam, and that's perfect because I think that that takes uh, some uh, some steam, or I should say, that gives some value into the Ribeiro side. And again, with a one and a half total now, Vinny, yeah. this one looks to be like it, this one could end quick, only because Ribeiro and his aggression sometimes gets hit, fails to move his head, and Duncan's got a more precise attack. So which one's it going to be? Mm -hmm. The precise striker trying to take on the incoming maniac or the maniac that, if he can uh, chop those legs down, might have a, a real opportunity to uh, come in and cash as a big underdog. There you go. Keeping it with the dogs. Let's just keep, keep, keep looking for some, some bombers here. Uh, Zahabi... Uh, it, it, taking on uh, Basharat here, plus 550 on the dog in this fight here, Lou, which is uh, Zahabi is the uh, dog in this match. That's correct. Now, uh, I want to just disclose that if, if usually I'm having a unit bet on my fights, these huge underdogs are more half-unit mm -hmm. wagers. I, I don't want to be reckless. And uh, I've heard you bookmakers, Chrissy, specifically say, you know, it's bad to get to be stubborn. I don't want to be stubborn, but I don't want to play with fear either. In this mm -hmm. fight, uh, you got Bashrat, who's a brother. There's two of them in the UFC. They're Afghani fighters. They're fluid. They move well. And he should be a favorite here. In fact, Bashrat opens in this fight 450. But 
now he's 800. Yeah. That kind of steam doesn't make a lot of sense to me, especially given the fact that his foe is a hobby. Uh, his brother owns the TriStar Gym in Canada. He had a slow start in the UFC. He's won his last three fights in a row, and he comes in with tremendous momentum. Further, if you look at the total on the fight, two and a half, and it's shaded 210 to the over, they're yeah. looking for decision here. This seems a really great opportunity for me to grab some Zahabi where you can bet a little and really win a lot. Uh, I do like the over. And quite honestly, if you can shop around and find Zahabi via decision, you can get 10, 11 to 1 on that. And I don't think that's out of the question. Good. But how about that? 10, 11 to 1 on the decision, Jeffrey. The, uh, Bo dogs are barking here with Lou. Well, I, we sure hope so. Well, again, we this sure is, and, so. and you say, said this, Lou, especially like with this next week is a gigantic, gigantic card. The UFC 299 uh, with, with uh, Sean O'Malley's in action against Marlon Vera. Uh, Dustin Poirier's uh, taking on St. Denis. Kevin Holland and Michael Page, which might be the best. Fight. All those names that are easier to pronounce. No, I, too. Well, well, and all those. We'll do names. a show next and, week well, too. Not only that, <laughs> also all the names that like for people know. for a casual a casual you UFC watcher like me. I know, I I know Peter Young, I know Song Yadong, I I know Gilbert Burns, like all those you bet. fighters are in there. This is why for a card like this, really lean on the people that watch these fighters that are down the card that are fighting in this type of card. It is. It, it's way more obscure, and it's for that exact reason. They're trying to get these athletes their fights, and yet 299 next week throws such a huge shadow. Now, that's going to be in Miami. That's mm -hmm. going to be in a 30-foot cage, which is typical. Now, these fights are here in Vegas at the Apex, mm -hmm. a smaller cage. And so... Uh, for the big athletes, let's say our main event, which is heavyweights, mm -hmm. uh, you got two guys in a phone booth competing. And so that affects totals and the overall uh, landscape of the fight as well. Lou, do you watch that? That's I, I want to just touch on that a little bit too. So fighters who are more proficient, who, who's got the advantage uh, when it comes to the, you know, the cage differential, right? We see teams, you know, years ago, we used to have the, you know, the artificial against uh, you know, versus grass and things yes, like that's much sure. better now. Um, but you know what is, is there an advantage for the smaller cage to the uh, uh, fighter to the bigger cage or vice versa, that, that's in really, your opinion? That's a great question, and, and I definitely have strong thoughts on that. And so what happens in the smaller cage is you're taking away 26% mm -hmm. of the real estate. And uh, that's gonna who's that going to favor? The guy that needs to clasp, the guy that needs to push his opponent against the fence. So any wrestler, any jiu-jitsu specialist that requires clasping, slow dancing with their opponent, if you will, and to take that opponent to the ground, it's going to be much easier in closer confines. And who's it going to hurt? Say on uh, the fight that we talked about with Duncan and Ribeiro, mm -hmm. Ribeiro's going to have an easier time getting to those legs. And Duncan, who really needs to maintain space and distance, will be a little bit more challenged. Those guys are 185-pound fighters. In that small cage, it's going to be more challenging for them. That's a Perfect serve up there. Good. Well, let's go to the main event then. Sure. Here, uh, and then we'll work our way back to uh, uh, another earlier fight. Then Rosenstruck and Gaziev here. Uh, Rosenstruck is a, is a plus one seventy underdog in this one. And again, heavyweights, like you said, smaller cage, gonna be right on top of each other. And uh, that's why that under on the one and a half total rounds right now sits at a minus one eighty price. Yeah, and, and here you have Rosenstreak from Suriname. That's a country in South America, and I, I had to look that up, of course. But I, I looked it up some fights ago. This is his fifth or sixth main event. He's a perfect gatekeeper at heavyweight to see if you're a top seven kind of a fighter or if you're not. And his opponent, Gaziev, a Dagestani fighter, and when you say Dagestani fighter, what you know you're going to get is a, a, a mauling, grappling, wrestling, grizzly bear. And now Gaziev is, is more than that because he can strike as well. His propensity has been in his one UFC fight, though he enters undefeated at 10-0, is he slowed in his first UFC fight. Rosenstreak, who's been in with the elite of the division but hasn't been able to tame them, has been able to find some success against 
lower level fighters in the heavyweight division. So this fight here is going to establish for us if Rosenstreet remains a top eight heavyweight fighter, or if in fact the Dagestani Gaziev can make his way in. Gaziev, because he has the ability to strike and wrestle and grapple, I think uh, creates a more well-rounded product. And for that reason, I believe his price is fair against Rosenstreak, a more singularly dimensioned fighter in that he's a kickboxing talent. So we opened this fight at $1.70 here at South Points up to $1.90. It wouldn't shock me if it gets a two to one. Lou, it, I believe if, if uh, I looked at uh, just to, to prepare uh, for the card and looking at it, I think Gaziev's been a little bit busier uh, or, or fought more recently, right? I think it was a couple of months ago compared, well, at least in the last year, I'd say he's he's been the busier fighter. Does that enter into your handicapping at all in terms of, uh, you know, cur not only uh, obviously current form, but I think uh, Rosenstreich, is, uh, is this his uh, first fight since last spring or last summer, maybe? That's is exactly that? right. Okay. That, that's a, an astute observation. And so what's he been you know, doing? Some of us bookies, I mean, we, we watch a couple other things. This is your first, first rodeo, huh? <laughs> no, it, does that enter into your uh, your your play here it, for this? Uh, it, we're breaking down this game near handicap. It absolutely does. And while uh, the ring rust thing may mm -hmm. not be quite what everybody right. thinks it is, the reason for Rosenstreak his his layoff in this instance is because he was just getting taken down yeah. and dominated because of his singularly dimensioned style. And so he's been in the gym working mm -hmm. on not what he does best, but what he really needs to improve upon. And so it, the question now becomes, is 10 months enough to get apt at wrestling mm -hmm. and grappling? And, and my belief is it absolutely isn't against a Dagestani vice grip, no. And so uh, I, I think the well-rounded nature to Gaziev still presents advantage for him. And the fact that he's been busy, even though it's only one UFC fight under his belt, it was recent. And it was against a guy that had won his last four fights and he finished him. So uh, I think that there's a lot of compelling reasons as to why Gaziev is the favorite. Here. Good. Good. One more dog I want to ask you about. Alex Perez in action here against Mokiev, uh, the third to last or the second to last fight of the afternoon at the Apex plus 290 on Alex Perez in this fight. That's right. And in this fight, I'm going to actually talk out of the other side of my mouth in favor of Mokayev, okay. who opened minus 255. And you can see now he's he's grown in favoritism as well. But yep. maybe in this one, rightfully so. He's 23. He's totally focused. He comes in with great momentum. And he, again, a vice grip wrestler with very good striking. He's an explosive young man. Perez... Oh, by the way, speaking of activity, he's only had two fights in the last two years. Mm. Now, they were against the elite of the division, but he was submitted in each case. He's lost. his In his losses, he has been submitted 71% of the time. And Mokayev, in his victories, has won 61% of his fights via submission. So this fight here, if you wanted to get specific, I do think Mokayev is worthy of being a strong favorite here. Uh, the UFC would love to see him win hmm. because it injects new blood into a division that between Brandon Royval, Brandon Moreno, and Alex Pantoja is in dire need of fresh blood. And for all those reasons, I think Mokayev stands a great chance here. The total in this fight, two and a half, which is uh, minus 110 each side. I think Perez, who doesn't like to be bullied, is in for a long afternoon. Hmm. Great. That's... And, you know, the other thing is, too, these numbers run. They run quicker. I mean, our numbers typically – we're up later uh, in the week than a lot of other folks, so full disclosure. It's, there's more one-way action consistently, not just early, Lou. Uh, and, again, it's, uh, it's professional opinions that uh, I mean a lot, and you're going to see them move a lot quicker. It's not like these are – 10 cent or 20 cent moves the bigger the favorite that you see no it's a you volatile know. market you know. it, this yeah. is not an nfl market <laughs> right. okay, oh no the, the sophistication well yeah. and our my my clientele uh, my yeah. demographic is 35 and younger and mm -hmm. and those are not savvy uh gamblers just yet they're becoming that way and and Vinny, as far as i'm concerned i don't know uh how patients could ever hurt anyone in the realm of business no i mean you have to uh you've got to it's it's about respect is what it is what it comes down to so uh but uh that that's uh that's a strong break by the way that when you mentioned the division 
uh, flyweights? That's right? flies, 125. Okay, okay. Yeah. Before we let you go, Lou, I want to go to some hockey real quick. There are three games today. There are. Which uh, five of the six uh, are either not particularly good teams or disappointments this yes. year. I still think New Jersey's ultra-talented, as Vinny and I have discussed on many occasions. Once they uh, find a goaltender, uh, I think they'll get, be even more talented. Better between the pipes and be a lot better. Uh, Arizona's at Ottawa tonight. Philadelphia's easy trip down to D.C. to take on the Caps and the Devils uh, in a uh, 2003 Stanley Cup final rematch, Vinny. No John Sebastian Giguere here. Very uh, good, Jeffrey. Devils big Very favorites good. Uh, in Anaheim here tonight. Is there anything that stood out to you in those three games or no? Uh, yeah, uh, Jersey's playing for a lot, and, and they oh. do need a goaltender, and, and we're just about to the trade deadline, mm -hmm. and we'll find out a lot about how these teams view themselves after that trade deadline. There's just not a lot of goaltenders to go around. Right. Jersey's just on the outside of the playoffs trying to make that wild card. Uh, they just got a, a superstar young man back to help them on the ice, and for many reasons, I think Jersey's up to the task, but... That big, huge negative number scares the heck out of me, but it doesn't scare me if I give the Ducks a goal and a half and take that price down to minus 110. That's exactly what I would do, and that's when I leave the studio, exactly what I'm going to do. I think Jersey has a lot to play for, and while that can often be uh, somewhat of a trap and you can pay a tax on that, in this case, I don't think there's too bad of a tax on it for a team that really uh, is just becoming uh, – together and they're starting to gel with one another you know uh lou brought up a good point and an important point with the trade deadline coming up you know who are teams uh the, the biggest challenge I mean, you you can look at the standings and say well so and so's a definite a definite uh you know seller right uh, anybody any veterans in, in arizona for instance right and they're looking going to look to build for the future you can look and say uh who's a buyer and you look at the top top of the uh of the divisions and the conferences, and that's easy to uh, to determine. But it's those teams on the cusp, like like you look at the Flyers and the Caps, who are now the Flyers are in, but are they? You know, they they still need some tweaking. The, the Caps are trying to fight their way in. You know, they've got to make a decision uh, as to are they are they really going to be buyers because it's going to cost them. Yes. You know, to uh, uh, to get into the sixteen team field, it's going to cost them down the road for you know uh, particularly draft capital and. Things like that. The other part that comes into play, and, and and the Vegas Golden Knights are a classic example of this. Who's got unrestricted free agents, and who are they, and how many are there? And that that's another factor that really comes into play uh, for teams uh, thinking about what they're going to do down the road. So um, important uh, important week. You're going to see some interesting uh, some interesting moves. That, and speaking of the Knights, you know, in their short history, they've never not been active no. at this time of year. So <laughs> well, but they broke the template, and yeah. that management group, there you go. the ownership group, came in with aggression, mm -hmm. and they're really the model right now. True. Uh, for many reasons, because there's a huge target on their back, this mm -hmm. has been a much more challenging yeah. year for them, but I don't think that stops the front office no, you're from right. attempting to improve. Yep. A lot of injuries they've dealt with. Still hanging on, well, still still safely in the playoffs in that Pacific. I don't know. Area. They're battling right now. I mean, uh, you know, uh, let, let's face it. Uh, Edmonton is uh, is right behind them in the standing. Stone is now done for at least the season. Yeah, and, uh, I think that's going to come into play in terms of, uh, as Lou mentioned, what they're what they're looking to do uh, in in terms of, uh, of of the trade deadline. And so um, they did get their defensive pieces back, but. Uh, they're probably uh, probably looking at somebody that can either get them some some points on the, on the wing or certainly up the middle. But uh, it's just hard to improve loss. the heart and yeah. the soul of your team, and yeah. that's not easy to do. Yep, good no, point. No, it's not. Again, Canuck, Canucks well on their way to winning the the Pacific Division yes. uh, in a, in a fight with Dallas for the top seed in the West. Uh, it kind of feels like I know Florida made the Cup final with that miraculous run a year ago. Kind of feels like just from just from I don't want to say from the casual side of things, but that's the easiest way to put it, where they've just kind of gone about their business, floated under the radar for a team that has the most points in the NHL tied with Boston right now. That Florida team is really, really good, and they're playing awesome right now, winning nine of their last ten. It, in the cup playoffs, a, a bracketed tournament-style playoffs, it's so important in my handicapping process to find a team that was there last year and maybe got their nose rubbed in it a little bit, and mm -hmm. that is Florida. That's also Dallas. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And these are teams, these kids play hockey when they're six years old, eight years old, going to the rink at four in the morning. And so uh, this is their dream. This is this is all they want. When they come to Vegas to play, there is no Vegas flu right. during anymore. the playoffs, okay? So nope. these kids well, are sir. trying to fulfill a dream, and they're focused on it. And so I would think, and I would tell you, you can count on concentrated effort from those teams and teams that haven't been there uh, say uh, Vancouver that's mm-hmm. had a great regular season I think this might be a good year for them to get their nose rubbed mm-hmm. in it simply because sometimes you're a little starstruck by being in the playoff situation for the first time or maybe the first time in a few years yeah. good point well said well yeah. Florida a couple of years ago exactly right then they get in in the last day of the season last year really when you think about and it made a great run. and made a, a terrific run all the way to the finals down but three uh, down three one to the best Regular season team in NHL history, and the next thing you know, they're in the cup final. (laughs) I think what happened to them last year makes them better, uh, to lose points. I I, I do agree with that. That will be, if we do get that Florida-Boston second round because of the the pod system they have, not the straight-up one through eight anymore, that will be a heck of a seven-game series. The only question would be at that point of, do they just beat the heck out of each other, that there's not much left in the tank for an Eastern final, especially if it's the New York Rangers who are also playing some magnificent good, hockey. Good hockey. Yeah, if you're a Boston fan or a Florida fan, you sure would like to avoid that matchup. <laughs> yeah, if you'd like to you'd like Toronto to win a win a playoff series for the second consecutive uh, year. I view Toronto like Edmonton, fast, designed better for the regular season than any other team, but they are not designed for success in the playoff season when the ice gets really crowded and you have to play from the goal out. There yeah. you go. 100%. Well said. Ufa Nicaro, thank you for being with us today. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you, and you're welcome anytime. Thanks for letting me barge in, guys. Always anytime, a pleasure bro. to share insight. Come Absolutely. Back. Uh, when we come back, we'll finish off the college card for tonight. A big okay, one in Chicago with Dayton taking on Loyola and more. When we get back, Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. If you're celebrating a special occasion or just love fine dining, you're in the right place. Come experience the crown jewel of South Point restaurants, Michael's Gourmet Room. Welcome. With over 600 different types of wines and magnificent dishes prepared tableside, you'll revel in the rich classic Vegas decor and the best black tie service in the world. This intimate gourmet room has earned accolades galore. Come to Michael's Gourmet Room for an unforgettable dining experience. Another famous restaurant is the Silverado Steakhouse where you'll find the charm and service that discerning patrons require. From top quality steaks and chops to fresh seafood and desserts, you'll love the award-winning wine list and menu at Silverado Steakhouse. Steak lovers have even more options with primarily prime rib. Catering to hearty appetites, the menu features a variety of flavorful prime rib cuts, dry aged to ensure tenderness, and then seasoned and slowly roasted. Although prime rib is our specialty, it's not the only thing on the menu. There's something for everyone. And if you're craving a taste of Italy, come experience delicious Italian cuisine and the attentive service at Don Vito's. Our culinary team starts with the freshest ingredients and transforms them into traditional favorites. And don't forget Italian desserts. Don Vito's, savor the taste of Italy. Finally, if sushi is more your style, join us at the popular Zenshin Asian restaurant and sushi bar, where we're serving up the freshest sashimi, nigiri, and sushi rolls, and beyond the sushi, an exciting contemporary Asian cuisine menu, plus a variety of specialty drinks, Japanese and domestic beer, wine, and sake. Balance your hunger with Zenshin. Final few moments for us here on Sports by the Book. Big thanks to Lou Vinicaro for joining us. Nice job, by today. Way. Always love talking to Lou. Good to get insights for what you know, folks uh, want to know a little bit more about uh, you know the sports that uh, particularly that don't get a lot of uh, as much attention, I should say, as uh, uh, the mainstream sports. So uh, Lou does a good job of breaking things down, explaining them. Let's uh, head back to college hoops. A few more games to get to tonight, and we'll start in Princeton. Columbia on the road at the Tigers. 
metrically speaking, Princeton still grades out metrically as the best team in the Ivy League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, off offense is still to me, even though Yale has been better in the league technically, still think Princeton's offense the best individual unit of any of these teams. They beat Yale two weeks ago. They handled their business on the road against Harvard and Dartmouth. Now they return home to Jadwin. They'll get Columbia tonight. They'll get Cornell tomorrow, which is the big one mm-hmm. uh, there in New Jersey. 13 tonight for the Tigers at home against the Lions. Well, again, you don't, you hope it's not a, uh, a look-ahead spot. You know, the metrics can tell you certain things as far as the numbers, right? But what how do, how do teams execute, right, Jeff? And how do they how do they put effort and execution together and um, and be consistent? And and again, this is where you're but you you've got to be playing your best ball of the season right now. Of course, uh, health comes into uh, into play. Uh, and you know these teams are uh, uh, they're, they're pretty healthy right now. Again, another uh, you know double digit favorite here. I suspect that this uh, this number is it's not going to come down. We're gonna we're gonna need the dog here. But again, uh, if you're if you are uh, Princeton, you can't get uh, caught in a, uh, uh, in a in a look ahead spot. You got to have to take care of business because you do double back. And again, the Ivies do double back Friday night and uh, uh, and uh, and Saturday. So which when you think about it, does position them for uh, at least postseason conference play, right? That that quick turnaround, even even the NCAA tournament, right? If you're playing back to back games, and they're big games too, right? They're important games. Uh, you know, when you get to the NCAA tournament, still you got that day in between, uh, which to these teams is uh, quite a luxury. Easy turnaround, right? On that, uh, Cornell's at Penn at uh, at the Palestra tonight. Again, Cornell coming off of. A rather shocking home loss in Ithaca last Saturday yeah. to Brown. Now, they, that was their last home game, too, so they're done at home. They're, yep. They go Palestra tonight, Jadwin tomorrow to take on Princeton. Then they go back to the Tri-State and take on Columbia. So, uh, interesting stretch to end the season here for Cornell. They're four and a half tonight against Penn. Uh, not shocking a high total here. Two teams that want to play fast. And Cornell's offense is quite good. Yeah, totals not hasn't moved that much, but it's still high. Fit one fifty eight, one fifty seven and a half, right around there. Um, but no look ahead uh, here, uh, at least in in the eyes of the betters, uh, from three and a half uh, up to four and a half. So they laid both uh, the three and a half and the four, Jeff. So uh, again, but it's another another uh, a spot where hey, you, you've got to you've got to handle things, right? Especially now you're going to be on the road, so. Um, even though these are, you, you know, it's not like they're flying cross country or, uh, you know, it's terribly far. Weather, uh, not easy, uh, not easy travels uh, 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 right now in some. Uh, a lot in some of spots. bus trips here. Uh, upstate, my friend, uh, <laughs> is a little. Uh, it's a little snowy right uh, in the it, last couple well, of days. Wait, here, here's the question, though. Vinny. When is it not gray and snowy in in central New York? Well. Especially at this time of year, yeah. yeah. So what you're saying, they they're used to it. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily help help to be a, the bus trip at all. But a little team bonding. There you go. Yeah. There. There it is. Uh, again, Cornell, Princeton, and Ivy, or excuse me, and Yale. I should say will all be in the Ivy tournament in this year in New York City at Columbia, the host this mm-hmm. year. Uh, looked like Columbia for a time was going to be able to sneak in, get that four seed, and maybe make. Make it a little bit more interesting, but uh, yeah. Columbia now uh, will be on the outside after looking. Tonight, after tonight, they will be two games behind the winner of Brown and Harvard. Mm-hmm. And it will be really whoever wins that Brown Harvard game tonight in Providence has just such a nice, nice move into getting themselves to the conference tournament. Another reason why Princeton can't be in a look ahead mode, right? Yeah, which exactly what well, you I, said. As of to this your moment, point. as of this moment. Princeton has the one seed. If Princeton wins out, they will hold the one seed right. in the conference tournament. Yale will play Cornell in 2-3, and then whoever gets the four gets the four in the Ivy, uh, which will be a fun tournament uh, when that comes through. All right, let's go to Chicago. Loyola at home. Their long win streak snapped with a blowout loss earlier in the week to St. Bonaventure. They return home to take on Dayton. We've talked about Dayton plenty on this show. They're clearly going to the NCAA tournament. They're one of the 25 best teams in the country, I think, with relative ease at this point. Uh, six seed, five seed, depending on which bracketologist it is right now. Uh, I will say this. I think Loyola got a little bit 
There's some people that got a little excited with Loyola during that win streak mm-hmm. where they beat, according to Ken Palm, they beat one top 100 team with George Mason, who they beat twice. Then they went to Bonaventure, and Bonaventure really cracked them earlier mm-hmm. in the week. 15-point win for St. Bonaventure. That was not really even that close. I think I'm, I, I think either you're back to one and a half here. There's still right. some ones in the market. We open at one. Yeah, one I, I, yeah, I would lay that one with Dayton. I just think they're much better than Loyola is. I know it's a tricky spot, hard place to play. Yep. But I, I just think Dayton's significantly better than this this Rambler team. Well, and again, uh, thing about Dayton, you mentioned about about a rating. You know what? They're uh, in in my ratings anyway, Jeff. I mean, they're they're right hovering right in the uh, in the vicinity of the South Carolinas. Uh, uh, so, uh, so the, so the teams uh, of good, the world, the teams you know, with New good Mexico, records, the teams yeah. had with good records that were not well. South South Carolina wasn't expected to be good, but surprise, but, but su- the surprising high end power conference slash Mountain West, which is playing as a power conference this year. Yeah, it is. I mean, the 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 Mountain West, which we'll get to, there's a couple of Mountain West games tonight. Uh, on the end of the card, uh, at least the regular uh, the regular card, not including uh, the uh, the added games. Uh, but yeah, listen, pay pay attention to Dayton, right? They've been you know last few years. This is this is a pretty this is a good program, you know. And uh, again, transfer portal uh, uh, benefits. So this is a classic example uh, of a of of that, right? In in a, in a couple of years. So you know, Jeff. It, here here's the thing. These these are the games we've we've said it and we'll and I'll continue to emphasize it. You want to pay attention to these games because some of these uh, we have to on our side of the counter make sure that they're not uh, going against an op- opponent that's overvalued or, or you know what I mean because the pe- and, and folks out there when it comes time to the end for the NCAA tournament they're much more educated now and uh, they they have a better idea of of the quality that exists outside of the power six conferences in uh, in uh, the call in college basketball going to the mountain west you have two bottom tier teams playing top tier teams yeah. tonight mm-hmm. in reno the pack are 15 tonight against fresno uh total 136 and a half and in logan air force taking on utah state 17 and a half now and climbing and climbing for the Aggies at home against Air Force. 16 was not enough. <laughs> not enough. No. So uh, yeah, both double digits here. 15. Um, let me see if we uh, uh, Nevada. Uh, you're starting to you're starting to see maybe a, a little take on it, but um, Blackshear is he? Uh, uh, we, I have we, not we have, seen anything yet on Blackshear. I just for tonight. questionable. So but again, Black, they, they, they won without him in Fort Collins they earlier did, in the week. They did, which was a big win. Uh, you know, Colorado State's uh, uh, another uh, another quality uh, 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 Mountain West team. So, um, but I think you, you know he's you're talking about a, a 15-5-5, right? Fifteen points, you know, uh, rebounds and assists. So he's he's, he's one of the more uh, consistent players and a uh, you know can now can a couple of guys replace that, those stats for sure. Um, but again, it's a. Uh, uh, it, it's something that I think maybe that's why they they took the number here. But again, look, let's face it: seven thirty start, and uh, one of the last two games. Who's in the NBA? Who are they going to par- pair these uh, these these last two games with uh, in the NBA tonight? So we we talked about it the other night, right? Well, Your last two games: Milwaukee, Milwaukee, and Chicago. And yeah. then the Wizards on the second of the LA double. So the Clippers, you know, especially if George is back and they're they're a big favorite. Looks like he probably may go tonight because they're laying the fifteen. Uh, and then the Bucks. So I think you're, those are those are the teams uh, that uh, the general public will be looking at uh, the two big uh, uh, NBA or the two NBA favorites, and then um, the two big uh, home favorites overall in the uh, in the Mountain West. Before we go here, uh, in uh, College Hoops tomorrow, Baylor-Kansas is the line that stood out to me in these early ones that are starting to pop in some other spots Uh uh, where Kansas, we don't know if 
McCullough's going to play yet. Big difference know. if he does uh, if he doesn't play, Jeff. Obviously, yeah, I would say I, I for sure. I think I think I'm leaning towards him not playing, and I think four is probably what you're seeing, and it's it's probably low if he doesn't if he doesn't play four and a half right now. Okay, that's low if he doesn't play, in my opinion. Baylor pretty desperate for a. Uh, uh, well, maybe desperate's not the word, but I, I, they're looking for a they're looking for a, a signature win, uh, and and this could this could be the one. Well, and also too, and Kansas loses. There's an outside shot. Kansas could fall legitimately to seventh in the in the Big Twelve. It's a fair point too. Uh, they, the best conference in the country I, I this mean, year. Yeah, I mean there is a legitimate shot if they lose. Loser this game has a shot to fall down to fall down in the conference. Uh, because at this point, Iowa State and Houston pretty much. Houston's good with the one. Iowa yeah. State's good with the two. Mm-hmm. After that, Kansas, uh, who is at nine and six, all the way down to K State, who's seven and eight. They're only separated by two games with three, and, three and, to go. Yeah, and Kansas is not a deep team. Uh, yeah, but that, that's as, been as we've talked about. Year. You know, so uh, so yeah, uh, I think uh, I think you said four and a half. I think uh, it, it may go higher, particularly if he doesn't play. There are a lot of good games tomorrow. We'll break them out Great. all tomorrow morning, 8.30, when we start. Alex White and I getting you ready for the whole college basketball. Hold it down while I'm out there yeah, in the wind be, uh, at the track. Hopefully you don't get blown off the Las track. Las Vegas Motor Speedway. 60-mile-an-hour winds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with the uh, with the wind behind me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Vinny, great work as always. Jerry, Sean, good job. I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again tomorrow, 8.30 in the morning, here on Sports by the Book, South Point Studio.